Yes, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. Welcome to a Baltimore Ravens edition of the show today. I hope all of you out there are continuing to stay safe. I hope all of you out there are continuing to, excuse me, continuing to socially distance yourselves and wear your mask, regardless of whether you all are vaccinated or not. I just want all of you out there to be smart and be safe and not be stupid. With that being said, Ravens Nation, Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year to you all out here in Baltimore. I hope all of you are continuing to stay safe. But with that being said, oh, man, um, Ravens Nation, let's talk about this game, okay? Um, <laughs> let's talk about this game. Um, the Ravens, obviously, as we all know, suffered another one-point loss this season. And this is the Ravens' fourth loss in a row, losing to the Los Angeles Rams this past Sunday 20 to 19. Matthew Stafford really did not have that good of a game, really, at all. Um, and the Baltimore Ravens played to the level of their capabilities, but as they've been prone to do over this four game losing streak, they just simply could not find ways to put their opponent away when they clearly had a chance to. So with that being said, let's go back to the keys that I to the keys that I originally had for the Ravens Rams matchup this past Sunday. First key, the Ravens needed to run, 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 run the hell out of the football. The Rams, the Rams allowed 96.9 yards rushing a game on defense. The Ravens did that. The Ravens rushed for 165 yards in this game. Next up, Tyler Huntley needed to protect the football. He did not do that. He turned the football over. He threw an interception. The Ravens, the Ravens could not allow Cooper Cup to beat them. Cooper Cup, yes, Cooper Cup wasn't the only one that beat them, but Cooper Cup was the main one who who beat them in this game. Yes, you had Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, you had Van Jefferson. But this was mainly the Cooper Cup show. Cooper Cup had not had six catches for ninety for ninety five yards and a touchdown. Next up, the Ravens needed to get at least three chunk plays on offense in this game. They didn't do that. They only had two. Devontae Freeman had a 32-yard run, and Mark Andrews had a 32-yard reception. Next up, the Ravens' offensive line needed to try to protect Tyler Huntley as much as possible. They failed at that. Tyler Huntley was sacked five times. Next up, the Ravens' defense needed to force at least two turnovers. They did that. Chuck Clark had two picks. And and, a, and one of them, and, and the first one was returned for a touchdown. This will be the best game that Chuck Clark will probably have in for the remainder of his career. This is the best game that Chuck Clark has had since he since he became a Raven, since he was drafted out of Virginia Tech in 2017 here in Baltimore. The best game that Chuck Clark has ever played since he's been a Raven. It's just that simple. And lastly. The Ravens' pass rush needed to get to Matthew Stafford in this game, and they failed to do so. They only sacked Matthew Stafford one time in this game. Here's my issue with how this game went. 
Okay. Here's my issue with how this game went. The Baltimore Ravens, and there were moments in this game, the Baltimore Ravens pretty much dominated. They pretty much dominated about 54 to about 53 minutes of this football game. Dominated. I mean, literally dominated it. They suffocated the Rams offense. And on and and for the Ravens offense, Ravens offense played played as best as you could possibly play for about three and a half quarters of this football game. But my issue with this game was there were two there were two moments when this game changed. Okay, there were there were two moments when this game changed. And, I, and you got and, and all of you out there, all of you out there in Ravens Nation, all of you out there who are Ravens fans that are listening to this, you guys know the two moments that I'm about to bring up. Second quarter, the Ravens are driving down the field. They're up 10 nothing, closer to midway through the second quarter. And Tyler Huntley throws an inadvertent interception. Now he said in the in the postgame press conference that him and Hollywood had a miscommunication. You know what that means? Tyler Huntley and Marquise Brown really, really don't have chemistry together and they lack communication skills. That's why that interception took place. That's why the why that's why the interception took place. Tyler Huntley expected Hollywood to run one route. Hollywood ran another route, and Jordan Fuller picked off that ball, and it changed the entire momentum of this football game. Changed the entire momentum of this football game, and it took all the momentum that the Ravens had away from them, gave it to the Rams, and once that happened, Yes, the Ravens were up. Yes, the Ravens were up sixteen seven in this game, but it clearly felt like once that interception took place, if the Ravens did not put this game away when they should have, you eventually got what you got with Odell Beckham Jr. and the game-winning touchdown pass that Matthew Stafford threw to OBJ. Second moment where this game eventually sealed the Ravens' fate. Ravens are up 16-14 in the fourth quarter with about 12 minutes and 23 seconds left in the fourth quarter, left in the game overall. They get the ball, and they're driving down the field. One of the best drives of the season for the Baltimore Ravens outside of their game-clinching drive against the Kansas City Chiefs on, on Sunday night football when the Ravens took the lead with about two with about two minutes and eleven seconds left in the fourth quarter of that game. This drive against the Rams that could that could have potentially put that game away was probably the second best drive of the year of the year outside of that fourth quarter drive against the Chiefs on Sunday night football back in week two. But Ravens are driving down the field. They shake they literally drain at least seven to eight minutes off that clock. Then here, then here is where the wheels fell off. Driving down the field, the Ravens get inside the five-yard line. First play. First play inside the five-yard line, Latavius Murray rushes for two yards. Okay? Then Latavius Murray gets knocked back for three yards. Then after that, on third down, Tyler Huntley 
commits a delay of game penalty. And then after that, he gets sacked, which eventually led to the Ravens kicking a field goal, going up 19-14, instead of putting a touchdown together that would have put the Ravens up 23-14 to and pretty much put the nail in the coffin of this game overall. But when the Ravens failed to put up a touchdown with that la- with that second to last drive where they could have put the put the nail in the coffin with the Rams, they put up a field goal, and that field goal sealed the Ravens' fate as far as winning that game. And we all know as Ravens fans eventually what happened after that. And the Ravens eventually ended up losing that game. But those two moments, that interception in the second quarter with the miscommunication to Hollywood and that late four and that fourth quarter drive with 12 minutes and 23 seconds left in the game that took about seven to eight minutes off that clock, seven, probably eight to eight to 10 minutes off the clock, excuse me, where the Ravens failed to put up a touchdown and instead put up a field goal that those two moments were the main reasons why the Baltimore Ravens lost this game. Outside of those two moments, the Ravens defensively and offensively, mainly defensively, dominated most of this football game. I mean, absolutely dominated it. Okay? I mean, I mean, literally, absolutely, absolutely dominated this football game to the best of their ability with what they had on the defensive side of the football. I want to bring up some numbers to you guys really, really quickly. Time of possession. The Ravens out time of possessed the Rams 33 minutes and 39 seconds to 26 minutes and 21 seconds. Rushing yards. The Ravens the Ravens outrushed the Rams 165 to 73. Shut down the Rams rushing attack. First downs, pretty much identical. Penalties, pretty much identical. The Ravens won the turnover battle. The Ravens ran 13 more plays than the Rams did, 69 to 56. But Tyler Huntley was sacked five times. And like I said before, and I'm going to say it again, not only was he sacked five times, but those two moments that I mentioned to you guys, that interception that he threw, along with that potential game-winning drive that should have ended with a touchdown, that ended with a field goal, those three things were the catalyst in the Ravens eventually losing this football game. And still, here's the other thing. The Ravens still had a chance to win the game when they when they when they when they held the Rams from converting a two-point conversion, they still had a chance to win the game with about 57 seconds left and one timeout, but they but but they they horribly executed a last-minute drive. I mean, that drive was so bad it wasn't even funny. That drive was so terrible that it was not even funny. You have 57 seconds left and one timeout. All you need really is two or three big plays, and you couldn't even get that out of this offense. That is how absolutely horrible the last drive of that game was for the Baltimore Ravens. So Tyler Huntley gets sacked five times. He throws a pick. 
that second-to-last drive for the Ravens that could have put the game away earlier on in the first earlier on in the fourth quarter and then the and then the last drive of the game for the Ravens where they had 57 seconds left and one timeout that drive was executed so poorly and so horribly that they couldn't even put together a game winning drive to 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 win the game so those are my takeaways for the Baltimore Ravens as it pertained to as it pertained to their loss to the Los Angeles Rams in week 17 of the Ravens 2021 NFL season. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you guys why the Ravens sealed their playoff fate by losing to the Rams. And also, I'm going to tell you guys why Lamar Jackson's career it's starting to resemble Michael Vick's career more than you think. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. As I mentioned to you guys earlier on in the show, I mentioned to you guys some moments that eventually led to the Baltimore Ravens losing to the Los Angeles Rams this past Sunday. But I... I'm going to now explain to you guys why the Ravens sealed their fate as far as making the playoffs. Do the Ravens still have a chance to get into the playoffs? Let me be clear first. Do the Ravens still have a chance to get into the playoffs? Yes, they do. They absolutely still have a chance. But there has there there's a lot that has to happen for them just to get into the playoffs. They need to beat the Steelers. And not only do they need to beat the Steelers, the Indianapolis Colts need to lose to the Jaguars. And if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders need to beat the Chargers in order for the Ravens to get into the playoffs. So the Ravens not only have to beat the Steelers, but the, but the, the Jaguars have to beat the Colts. Okay. And not only that, the Raiders have to beat the Chargers. So the Ravens still have a chance to get into the playoffs, but it's a long shot for them to get in. Which brings me to my next point. Why the Ravens sealed their fate as far as getting into the playoffs and why I don't believe they're going to get in. If the Ravens win this game, Forget the fact that they would have still had a chance to win the division because the Bengals already won the division when they beat the Chiefs. Had the Ravens had won this game on Sunday, they would have been in a very, very good position to still get into the playoffs. But like I said before, and I said this last show, the Ravens were going to be in trouble moving forward as far as making the playoffs because, and I said this probably, I said this last show as well, the winner of this division was, the winner of this division was going to get into the playoffs. But the loser of this division probably was not going to make the playoffs. Why? Because of how much of a log jam there is in the AFC. And with the log jam of playoff teams in the AFC being what it is, with the Chargers, with the Bills, with the Colts, with the Raiders. 
the Ravens had no margin for error at all. And with the Ravens losing this game against the Rams, are they still going to fight? Are they still going to compete? Yes, they will. But at the end of the day, and I said this before and I'm going to say it again, injuries, the Ravens going on this four-game losing streak, and them just simply not being able to finish and put opponents away, i.e. the same thing that happened this past Sunday, you get what you get with this football team as far as them sealing their own fate as far as making the playoffs. So the Baltimore Ravens put themselves in this position. They know that they did. That's no secret. We all know that. Do the Ravens still have a chance to get into the playoffs? Yes, they do. Do I think they will get in? No, I do not because of how much of a log jam that it is in the AFC. And, the, and more specifically in the AFC wildcard picture. So, with that being said, moving on, I want to talk about Lamar Jackson. As we all know, Lamar Jackson missed this past Sunday's game with his ankle injury. <clears throat> John Harbaugh said that there is a chance that Lamar Jackson could play this Sunday. Lamar ain't playing. John Harbaugh can, can talk up and talk up and talk up and talk up all he wants about how Lamar has a chance to play. Lamar ain't playing. He's not. And if he does play and he gets hurt, John Harbaugh is going to regret, going to regret it. Just like he regretted having J.K. Dobbins out there and J.K. Dobbins getting hurt in the preseason. Bottom line, Lamar Jackson is not playing in this game. He's not playing. And if I'm the Ravens, I don't play him. Because if you play him and he gets hurt and he aggravates that entry even more and it gets even worse, it could really, it could really, really hinder him the rest of his career. Now, <clears throat> with that being said, speaking of Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's career, as we all know, has resembled Michael Vick's career <clears throat> because with Michael Vick, when Michael Vick first came into the league, <clears throat> excuse me, with Michael Vick first coming into the league, Michael Vick was unlike anything we had ever seen. Just like Lamar is. Lamar is unlike anything we've ever seen. Michael Vick came into the league, broke Bobby Douglas's single season rushing record as a quarterback. Lamar Jackson broke Michael Vick's single season rushing record as a quarterback. Michael Vick ended up on the cover of Madden. Lamar Jackson ended up on the cover of Madden. Then after that, what happened? Michael Vick in the 2004 preseason broke his fibula against the Baltimore Ravens on an Adelius Thomas tackle. Lamar Jackson has gotten, has gotten dinged up somewhat throughout the first three and a half to four years of his career. He's gotten dinged up a little bit. He's gotten hurt here and there. But then, against the Cleveland Browns a few weeks ago, suffered an ankle injury. He got, he got hurt. Lamar Jackson, just like Michael Vick, is getting dinged up a little bit. And when Mike Vick got hurt, what happened? His career was not the same after that. Lamar Jackson has gotten hurt a little bit, and he suffered his first semi-major injury. And I don't think for the remainder of his career, that Lamar Jackson is going to be the same after this. And to be perfectly honest with you, 
that is not a good thing. Now, here are the biggest differences between Lamar and Michael. The biggest differences between Lamar and Michael are this. Michael Vick was a better pure thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson is. And with Lamar, Lamar Jackson actually won an NFL MVP. Michael Vick didn't. So those are the differences between Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. But if you really look at it outside of the off the field stuff with Michael Vick, take the off the field stuff out of the equation. If you look at Michael Vick and Lamar's careers, they look almost damn near similar right now. And that is not a good thing. That is not a good thing as far as on the field. That is not a good thing. Now, do now the one thing that I hope with Lamar, do I hope Lamar wins a Super Bowl? Yes, I do. I believe I believe we I believe he will and I believe we will with him. Now, the now the the problem is going to be with Lamar Jackson is the problem is going to be with Lamar is can he find a way to avoid taking those big hits? He has for the most part in his career because he's so damn fast and so damn elusive that it's hard for defenders to get a hand on him. But at some point his speed is going to his speed is going to slow down. He's going to get slower as his, as he gets older in his career, which is going to eventually lead to him having to rely on his arm more. And he's proven, he's proven over the first three and a half to four years of his career that he is capable of winning games with his arm. He's proven it multiple times this year, and he proved it during his MVP season, and he proved it last year when he threw 20, 20, uh, 20, 24 touchdown passes, 24 touchdown passes and nine picks. So Lamar has that in his back pocket for the remainder of his career where he can prove that, okay, yes, I'm slowing down, but as I get older, I'm able to win games with my arm because I've proven that I can do it. So Lamar Jackson's career is starting to resemble Michael Vick's more and more if you really, really think about it. And that's not good injury-wise, but the differences, like I said before, with Lamar is that Lamar won an NFL MVP. Michael Vick never did. Michael Vick was a better pure thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson is. And I believe that Lamar has a much better chance of win, uh, of winning a championship than Michael did because of the type of organization that he's with and because of the type of playmaking that is around Lamar Jackson as far as young talent goes. But with that being said, next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you guys my keys for the Ravens matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming Sunday. First key, the Baltimore Ravens pass rush needs to get to Ben Roethlisberger. Pittsburgh ranks 18th in the league in sacks allowed with 35. This pass rush needs to get to Big Ben, and they need to get to him early. If they don't get to him, as old and as beat up as Big Ben is, he still he still has something left in the tank. The Ravens have to get to him, and they need to get to him early. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens offensive line needs to double-team T.J. Watt. If the Ravens learned anything from what they saw from T.J. Watt and the from T.J. Watt 
excuse me, from the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. I don't ever remember, I don't ever remember at any point throughout that game the, the Cleveland Browns double-teaming or chip-blocking T.J. Watt, which eventually led to him getting four sacks in this game. If the Ravens learned anything from Cleveland, double-team the hell out of T.J. Watt until you just feel like, okay, he's been erased from the game altogether. Because if you don't, what happened with Cleveland on Monday is the same damn thing that's going to happen to you guys on Sunday. It's just that simple. Next up, know where Minka Fitzpatrick is at all times. Period. The Baltimore Ravens failed to realize, Lamar failed to realize where, where Minka Fitzpatrick was. He threw an interception to Minka Fitzpatrick, which pretty much gave gave all gave momentum to the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier on in their earlier season matchup. And the Ravens, as we all know, went on to lose that game. The Ravens need to know where Minka Fitzpatrick is, period. It's just that simple. Next up. Limit the Pittsburgh Steelers' big play, big plays offensively. Do not allow Deontay Johnson. Do not allow James Washington. Do not do not allow Chase Claypool to get going on the offensive side of the football. The Baltimore Ravens need to keep Najee Harris from going off in this game. If they keep Najee Harris from going off in this game, the Ravens have a chance to win this game on the offensive side of the football. Because if you limit Pittsburgh's offense on defense, then offensively it, it, it will give the Ravens more opportunities to to eventually put the game away down the line. And number one, the Baltimore Ravens need to finish this season off on the right note. There is no better way to finish a season, if you whether you make the playoffs or not, there is no better way for the Ravens to finish this season than to beat your division rival <clears throat> In Big Ben's last game, potentially, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no better way to, to, to end the season than, than by defeating a division rival. By the way, speaking, speaking, speaking of rivals, Terrell Suggs is coming back to be the legend of the game this Sunday for the Baltimore Ravens as, as, we've, as we take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Ravens need to finish this season, finish this season on the right note, and I believe that they will have a chance to do that this coming Sunday. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, Ravens Nation, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2016. Why do I bring up the year 2016? Because in honor of the Ravens-Steelers rivalry coming to an end, for the 2021 season, I'm bringing up the year 2016 for this specific reason. As we all know, as we all know, Ravens Nation, the Ravens and the Ravens and the Steelers faced each other in their final game of the 2016 season, and we all know how it ended, Baltimore. We all know how it ended. Antonio Brown caught a game-winning touchdown pass, reaching over the goal line and clinching the AFC North Championship for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sending Pittsburgh on to the playoffs and eventually leading to Pittsburgh facing the Miami Dolphins in the AFC divisional, excuse me, in the AFC wildcard game and then taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC divisional playoff game, beating them and then going on to face the, the New England Patriots in the AFC championship game. But let me flip the script for a second. What if the Baltimore Ravens had actually won this game in Pittsburgh 
against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What if the Ravens had won this game and then gone on to beat the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 17 and the Ravens clinched the AFC North? If the Ravens had won their last two games, if they would have beaten Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and they would have clinched the North, then they would have gone on to play the Miami Dolphins in the AFC wildcard round. I think they would have beaten the Dolphins. Then the Ravens would have played the... The Ravens would have played the Kansas City Chiefs for the second time in seven years in the playoffs, which, if you remember, they played them back in 2009 and smashed them 30-7. to I believe they would have gone on to play the Chiefs and beat the Chiefs in the divisional round, just like Pittsburgh did. And I believe that they would have gone on to play the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game, which Pittsburgh did. So... My question to you, my question to you, Ravens Nation. If the Ravens win that game, if the Baltimore Ravens win that game against the Steelers, how far do you guys think the Ravens would have gone in the 2017 playoffs? Do you think the Ravens would have gone as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers would have went? I don't, we will never, ever know the answer to that question. That's why this is what if we never will never, ever know. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Ravens Nation, here's my prediction for the Ravens at the Steelers this coming Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium. I believe this game will be physical. I believe this game will be will be gritty. This game will be tough. I believe the Ravens will fight. But ultimately, in the end, I do not believe the Baltimore Ravens win this game. I believe just like a few weeks ago back in Pittsburgh, I believe this game will come down to the final minutes, as it always does in the Ravens-Steelers rivalry. And I believe that Pittsburgh and T.J. Watt or Alex Highsmith or Minka Fitzpatrick will make a crucial play in this game. Just like T.J. Watt did a few weeks ago, that will that will put this game away and end the Ravens season. I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game 23 to 21. I know you Ravens fans out there don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. I believe Pittsburgh again. I believe Pittsburgh wins and they beat the Baltimore Ravens, ending the Ravens playoff hopes, just like the Bengals did four years or five years ago. And 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 Pittsburgh wins it, twenty three to twenty one. But thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host Jared Dawkins here. Thank you for tuning in to another Baltimore Ravens edition of the show today. I hope all of you out there continue to stay safe. If you would like to follow me on social media, I'm not really a big social media buff, but if you like to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Quiet Soul. 24 Q U I E T S O U L 24. And you can follow me on Facebook at Jared Dawkins, J A R E D Dawkins, D A W K I N S. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out. Peace.